Hello and welcome to episode 20 of Draft Offsides. I'm with Tico Nenzo. My name is Keith, and we are back for another week. Goal, game week 14 was a bit of a goal fest. It was so many goals. It was actually a lot of games. I had actually had to watch a full, full game. All the games where they had a lot of goals, I watched the full game. Oh, fine. Really entertaining. Yeah, it was really good. Um, I see you have a note here, Enzo, that says life comes at you fast. Is that that was that was kind of your theme for the game week? Oh yeah, it it happened to a lot of teams where just like they were winning, just like that. Um, what was it the the Liverpool game? They were up three two, and then within seven minutes, they're down. Um, it happened to a few teams. Then the Burnley game, like that happened real quick out of nowhere in the second half. And that went real bad real quick. So yeah, life comes at you fast in the Premiership, man. And even the Chelsea game being up 2-0 pretty comfortably, then conceding a goal and getting a red in the last few minutes of the second half. And you're thinking, halftime, you're thinking, oh, shit, they're going to lose this. So, crazy. Tico, how was watching the United game in Amsterdam? Uh, that was uh, that was a good time. I went to this bar that had a bunch of Ajax old jerseys, pictures, scarves. Um, there were some people there from the Saudi, from Saudi Arabia, they were visiting Amsterdam. So we got to talk about the Saudi league as well a little bit. They were super excited about it, but, uh, it was fun. It was, a not a, it was an exciting game, but Manchester United, man, what a mess, but we'll get to that later. We'll get to that later. All right, let's go right into studs and duds. Tico, what do you have for us to start? So for studs, we have favorite Chelsea player, Enzo Fernandez. Finally, an Enzo who does something positive. So I finish with 24 and a half points. 24 and a half points projected to have 8.39. Obviously, he got the brace, the penalty, and the goal. It was his third game scoring in double digits for this year and the first time scoring over 11 points. So he had 10 points before and 10 and a half. This is 24 and a half. It's obviously from his position was amazing. And this is a player we talked about a lot who has has had different roles with the, in the Chelsea squad. So it'd be interesting to see if uh, he's involved more in the attack moving forward. Yeah, I mean, it was a little bit of like a... Uh, like a header goal off a, a flick on to his head. So it wasn't this like amazing creation that he did where it's like you, you want to see him go, scoring goals from the midfield, you know, like driving in and stuff. It wasn't that for sure. And then the other one's obviously a penalty, which, you know, who who knows? It's hard to hard to judge that, but good for him. Hopefully that kind of gives him some confidence moving forward. But I'm not that like ready to hop on the Enzo Fernandez train here. I think he, his value is a lot more in real real soccer than it is in fantasy. I was surprised to see he took the penalty out of... Uh... I don't know if he's the first choice for Chelsea or they kind of just gave it to him, but I was kind of surprised to see him take it. Yeah, so Cole Palmer is kind of first choice, obviously. He's nailed a few penalties, but he wasn't on. Enzo had missed one prior, but I think he kind of wants to be that guy. So I think he kind of just stepped up and took another one. So it was another thing. It was good for him. He kind of like exercised some demons by by taking that after missing the one against West Ham earlier in the season. So good for him. Uh, yeah, I, I think that Cole Palmer will continue to take him if he's on the field. But if not, it seems like Enzo Fernandez is next in line to take pens. Next up, we have Ben Mee from uh, Brentford. The high-scoring defender. Uh, surprised to see his name up there. I think he was second or third uh, highest in points for the week. Finished with 28 points. He had one, the one goal, one assist. He was only rostered at 50% on fan, uh, fan tracks. Uh, his season total was only 43.5, and he had 10 points uh, last game, and he averaged 9.4 points all of last year. So he's the player that might be able to um, kind of keep an eye out for. Um, he, like I said, averaging 9.4 points for that team is pretty impressive, and he hasn't been healthy this uh, the entire year. So the last couple of games, he scored 10 points or more. So it's someone, I think, if you're struggling or you have injuries, like Enzo does, this might be someone to kind of take a flyer on. <laughs> Yeah, no, Ben Mee was, uh, you know, he got a goal and assist in that game. 
Yeah, it's, yeah, it's a really good game. But like you said, he had 10 points the last game. Hasn't really been since I know he was been injured. Uh, he's in a Brentford side that has been sitting back quite a lot against the big teams. But if you can pick him up and play him against the mid-table teams, I think he's a good pickup. Yeah, you want to know? I was texting you guys. I I decided to bench Harry Maguire this week because even though it ended up not being that bad, I thought that United game could have gotten pretty out of hand for them. And I, who I benched McGuire for was Ben Me. So I felt this was, you know, felt good. Validated. Felt validated. I feel like it's rare you actually, you make big calls and they come out right. Or I make big calls and they come out right. So I felt really good about that <laughs> one. I think 100% to Tico's point, he was coming off an injury. So I think that's why he has was super unrostered. Because I think he was pretty rostered to start the season. And then because of that injury, a lot of people dropped him. Because he just wasn't quite a big enough name to hold on to. But if he's healthy... You know, he's not going to score all the time, but just even those... He, like, Brentford keeps a lot of keep, clean sheets. They're kind of known on that defensive solidity. So it's definitely someone to have, especially with Collins out. He's pretty much going to be starting every game. Next on the list, um, Zeki and Mdumi from Burnley. Who would have thought a Burnley player would make this list this year? Uh, he had the goal and the <laughs> assist, finished with 25 and a half points. Only his second double-digit game this year. So I personally don't see a lot of value. We constantly talk about Burnley. There is no fantasy value there. But it was nice to see finally they get a win. Was it 5-0? And obviously he contributed with the goal and assist. So I just wanted to highlight him. But I don't see any value moving forward. No. Look, who were they playing against? Sheffield. I think they've been like the worst team in the Premiership this year next to them. So if they're able to be in 5-0, I know they went down a man. But yeah, I don't see it. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before. Sheffield's bad. But um, kind of Enzo just brought it up to our attention that day. Uh, sacked the coach. Man, you get beat five 0 by Burnley. You know what I mean? Like it's gone from bad to terrible. So I'm not. I wasn't surprised. Um, I think whoever lost this game, I think their job was definitely uh, up for grabs. So I think uh, Vincent Company can uh, count his blessings, and he's still trading off the nice. I think he's got. He had more of a chance of keeping his job just because of what Burnley did last year in the championship. But he's definitely off the nice. I don't think he's on the nice. I think they I think he, they could get relegated and he could still keep his job. Personally. You think so? Yeah. I think so. Yeah. I'm on the same boat, yeah. But I, I think I think for Paul Heckingbottom. Oh yeah. Paul Paul Heckingbottom. Yeah. When you lose uh, <laughs> That's a fucking terrible name, I'm sorry. I know. Yeah. He definitely is on the bottom. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely on the bottom. But yeah, when you lose uh, another relegation scrap team like that, five 0 you're done. I think if I think if company was having results like that all the time, then maybe we, we could talk about him getting sacked. But no, like he's pretty safe. Do we like this guy? Like, do we and and do me? Do we feel? Do we feel like any of these Brindley guys? Do you think this is total? Coley Osho, man. I would keep I saying like it. Osho. I have another. Him. I have another Brindley player that I want to bring to everyone's attention, but I'll wait till the waiver section. A little sneak, sneak peek. Burn the guy on the waivers. Teaser. And a couple honorable mentions here. Odegaard, Trippier broke out. Yeah, uh, we talked about how both of them been slumping recently, and but both of them had big games. I think Trippier was the highest scoring player for the week uh, with 34 and a half, and Odegaard had 24 points. So it was nice to see finally two top players going, getting their shit together again because they, they were, I think they were single-digit scoring in the last couple of weeks. So this was nice to see. Two players that usually go in the first round or top of the second round absolutely i uh, want to shout out trent alexander arnold too had a really good game definitely yeah, someone to watch yeah and lucky not to get two goals man i can't believe they yeah. gave that to, as an uncle that was a strike and a half yeah that was pretty impressive yeah trenson i think we were saying i kind of was mentioning that i felt like he hadn't been doing that well but you know this is two games in a row now where he's been showing some results he's really picking up for him at the right time especially with all the holiday games coming up the busy season so that's great good player. great player yeah moving into duds First one is Connor Gallagher. <laughs> yeah. 
negative 4.5 points. He was projected to have a big game, 11.23. Uh, got two yellows in the first half. Second one was just a silly foul. Got the nice, got him sent off. Played 45 minutes, getting two yellows, negative 4.5 points. That's one that hurts you. And Conor Gallagher, I feel like he's one of those players where it's usually in your lineup. So if you had him, most likely you played him and you got that negative. Yeah, it's been really interesting. His, I mean, obviously before this game, we went negative. His average was like over 10 points per game. Like he was like very quietly a very solid player, which is incredibly impressive considering he has like no goals and maybe maybe two assists, three assists. So it's not like he's been like scoring at crazy amounts of you know goal returns, but he's been just really consistent in all the other stats, all the ghost stats. So he was kind of sneakily a really good player. We'll see what happens. I, I don't I don't think that changes that much, but I'm also don't think that he I'm, I'm not sure how much he maintains that like high level of productivity, fantasy productivity for a whole season. I think this might be just be like a little bit of a of a uh, purple patch for him. Uh, I don't know, man. Um I like Conor Gallagher. I like what he does on the pitch. Uh, it was a bad second challenge he made, got nowhere near the ball. I think this was just uh him trying to be aggressive in the game and it didn't work out for him this time. I don't know how many times we've seen those tackles, you get away with it. Um, good player. He's not all about scoring goals. He's about holding the ball and putting in good positions. I think Conor Gallagher will be Mr. Consistent this year. I hope so. Next on the list, Marcus Rashford. Uh, our, one of our favorite <laughs> players to talk about, uh, talk about this year. Only one point projected at 13.16. We talked about it last week. They gave him the penalty. He converted uh, he had 19 points in the last week game, so you thought maybe that would kind of carry over to this week. He would have a better game, but he had another crappy game, got subbed off. My opinion, I think he's the most disappointing fantasy player so far here today, considering his talent, the team he plays for, and his average draft position. I think he's been the most disappointing players. I don't know if you guys agree with me or have a different uh, player in mind. I think you're right. I think he's been pretty disappointing. As someone who owns him in a league, it sucks. It absolutely sucks because you can't really bench up. So you're just sitting there with these really weak games. I think worse than anything, though, this game was just his body language. Like he was so, he was like, we wasn't running hard. He seemed really frustrated. It just seems very like out of it. Him getting subbed where he did just seems like 10 hogs getting tired of it. The whole thing just seems not good. Look, I, I don't, I don't disagree. Um, I think he has been disappointed, especially what Tigger said, where he got drafted. Uh, only getting one point, particularly 13.6. And I, I don't want to make excuses for him, but the guy's been, Half the game being played out of position where he's been played up front. He played on the right this time to make way for Gennaccio on the left. You know, he's in a place right now where this style of football isn't suiting him. This team, this May United team's in, in a shambles. I don't think he's the only player on that team that's been disappointed. But yeah, he is the most disappointed player. Funny enough, not the only player that's been disappointing. This, or the last dud on this list is also a United player. Yeah, Bruno Fernandes. He had his lowest scoring game uh, with just three points. He was projected to have 16.17. This year is his second lowest points per game season since joining Manchester United. Um, he's at 13.4, which is down from last year, which was 15. And his lowest before was 11.9. So it's still good. But for a player like Bruno Fernandes, you do expect him 12 plus, 13 plus points, uh, if not more. Tico, I remember when he, he made a really good pass to Garnacho pretty early that you were you were talking to us about. You know, so he, and yeah. then it seemed like he just kind of went quiet after that. Like, not much happened. But again, what, what Enzo was saying, it just wasn't, it wasn't just him. It was the whole team. They just, like, outmatched by a good Newcastle team. But it's the same thing with Rashford. It's not a player you could bench, yeah. uh, especially with Manchester United. You, you're hoping eventually they turn things around. Um at this point, we're pro probably getting off of the playing them because of the name value as opposed to what they're actually producing. Well, I said it last week, man. They've been scraping results. Don't get me wrong. I think 
if you if you compare them to another team like Chelsea, who's been playing well but wasn't able to get the result, and they've been playing badly, it was only going to about to turn. Like Chelsea starting to get results, and Man United, are, are, in my opinion, are going to start dropping. I know you've mentioned that in the past, in the second half of the season, they've done a lot better, but I can't see it this year. Honestly, the only way I see that there being a turnaround is if transfer from something drastic happens, they bring on players or new manager. I thought you were going to say if Hoyland starts scoring, I was about to start laughing. <laughs> <laughs> you know what the, the thing is, though, to keep in mind, too, is like, weird. Pico, you, you brought up like the points per game, 13.39 is the second lowest ever, but that's still really good. That's still like a really good points per game. So it's all it's all relative, right? It's just like his level, we feel like he's should be he should be like the number one guy almost over like up there with Holland as far as like total points and he's sitting close almost like he's sitting like eighty points less than Holland. So that that's where it is. It's all relative, I guess. Yeah, and a lot of his points come from key passes, which on fan tracks is designed a pass that leads to a shot on goal or a shot on target. Yeah. So he's ma making those passes, and whether it's Rashford, Hojlund, Garnacho, they're losing the ball. They're not getting a shot off. That's he's not getting the points because um, he's not going to track back on defense when you lot of you know defense and tools or anything like that. Absolutely. Honorable mentions: You have Man City and Tottenham defenders and goalkeepers all finish with negative yeah. points. <laughs> oh, finish with negative points with the three-three. I mean, we would we expected City to score a lot, but I think all of us are surprised, including Enzo, that Tottenham was able to put three goals in. So you would have, I would have assumed that Tottenham would finish with negative, and I would have played Tottenham defenders. But the City one is pretty surprising. Completely agree, man. Uh, I watched this game. Um, we just didn't give up, but Man City, to be fair, were pretty much dominant possession and whatnot. So for us to get the, the point in that game, I'm not surprised all defenders, there's three goals on both sides. You're not going to not have negative points, but it was a good game still. City's defense has not been great this year. I think we always think of them as having like, you know, just a good team all the way through, but they've been letting in quite a few goals. They've also had three draws in a row, which is unheard of. So he's going to pick it up in January. He always does. Oh, yeah. he's Yeah, they're, it's a machine. They're a machine. Yeah. All right, moving to the game, the game week. Just going to review these real quick. Starting with Arsenal 2, Wolves 1. Saka scores with an assist from Tomiyasu. And then an Odegaard goal with a Zinchenko assist. And that was a sensational team goal. And at that point, it's 2-0, and you're thinking, Arsenal just have they're on cruise control. And then time went by, they weren't able to score again. And then sure enough, late Wolves score, Cunha scores after an Asimendo assist. And then all of a sudden it gets really nervy for the last 10, 15 minutes there. Are you worried about that? Because um, I was talking to one of my one of my friends who's an Arsenal fan, and I said there was no killer instinct. He was saying, not me, but he was saying it just seemed like they weren't going for the kill. Like you can't, 2-0, we know this in the premiership, 2-0 is not enough. I mean, I brought it up in our in our in our group chat. I was I remember I was saying like if Wolves score, Arsenal are going to crumble here. And I felt like maybe Wolves scored a little late, but if Wolves would have scored like 15, 20 minutes earlier, I think they could have easily gotten that second one. I think it's just they kind of scored a little late to make it happen for them. But I think there was a lot of positives from the uh, Arsenal team as well. Jesus was involved in both of the goals. He had the hockey assist, which uh, someone who who drafted Jesus, I was happy to see it, but. The last couple of games, they put up the lineup that we thought they would be playing with, with in the midfield with Odegaard, Rice, and Tristart. And seems like that's working better for them. And I think the game before the, as well, they scored four or five goals. So I wouldn't be too worried. They're still kind of, they're still take, getting the wins. They're taking care of business. And I think keeping the same lineup in a few games in a row, it's, it's a good sign. And they're going to only build continuity. So yeah, with it, I'm a little worried about 
the Ben White situation? Is he Tommy Yasu came off an injury and Ben White came on? Do you think Ben White's not preferred anymore? Or you think it's just because he was coming off his own injury? Tommy Yasu was playing better. What do you guys think? Uh, I think Tommy Yasu was preferred. You think he was preferred? I don't love that. On the Wolf side, probably just Kunya Wong. Those are probably the only guys you're really excited, interested in. And then we can move on. Next game. Move on. Brentford 3, Luton 1. Mopai. How do you say this guy's name? I always mispronounce it. Mopai scores. And he's what? That's his second goal in three weeks. And he hadn't scored for like a year before that. Yep. Something crazy like that. He's doing good. And obviously we talked about Ben Mee earlier and Bembo gave him an assist. So this is another great example of even when Bembo's not scoring goals, he's still super involved, which is really good to see. And then Brown scored and then Baptiste scored. And so, yeah, first half was pretty slow, but Luton opened up in the second half leading to the Brentford taking advantage and getting that, getting that extra goal. Yeah, I chose the wrong game to watch. In, for the first half, and then I, yeah, then I switched over after the second half, and then they friggin' uh, I watched the Arsenal Wolves, and then <laughs> they scored four goals in the second half. Uh, the first half was very slow. I'm not gonna lie, it was um, a lot of cautious play. Uh, Lou was sitting back there like nine men behind the ball. It was just a matter of time, and then in the second half, when I watched the highlights, it looked like Lou was trying to attack a little bit more, trying to catch him. You know, sort of like what Tottenham did last year, where they wouldn't show up in the first half, and then. It'll be too late in the second. That's what I felt like. That's that's kind of all there is to say. I'm not super interested in anyone looting wise. I think Brentford, we've covered in ad nauseum the players you want to have, which is pretty much yeah. Wissa and Bembo. Sounds like Ben Mee's on the Ben Mee's on the menu. Ethan Pinnock's on the menu. Yeah. Uh, Norgard's a maybe. And then Malpe. How do you say this guy? Dude, I cannot say this guy's name. Mopai. Mopai. Mopai is suddenly becoming interesting. But I just, you don't know. You know, I don't know. I think there's something to it. Yeah, we're going to see Mopai. Yeah, he hasn't been uh, he hasn't been starting every game, but like we said in January, he will be starting. It's hard to have him on a bench, though, huh? I'm, I yeah. just looked at his numbers. It's the last game he started, he got 15 points. Then he came off the bench twice, and then the, this game he started, he got 19 and a half points. All right, moving on. Burnley five, Sheffield United zero. Goodbye, Paul Higginbottom. This was his last game in charge of Sheffield. Rodriguez scored. I think this was the fastest goal in the Premier League this season. Premier League history. Premier League history? 15 seconds, man. Whoa. He's also, he scored other really fast goals before Rodriguez, Jay Rodriguez. He's, I mean, he's been around for like 10 years. He was on Southampton, Southampton back in the day. He's been, you know, mm-hmm. but it's pretty, uh, pretty funny to see. And then Larson got a goal, McBurney red, and then it just really started to go downhill. And Doomy scored. Kolyosha scored, which is great. That's our boy. Love to see Kolyosha get a goal. Brownholt scored. And do you want me to tell you who's actually the fastest goal in EPL history? Who? Or we want to or do we we don't want to get facts in Was the it way. Christian Eriksen against my United? Shane Long, seven point six nine seconds. Oh. Uh, Southampton at Watford. And then the second fastest was twenty two twenty three season. Philip Billing scored for Four moot against Arsenal, 9.11 seconds. All right, well, it's, it's up there. 15 seconds is still fucking fast, isn't it? <laughs> well, I said anything. <laughs> Faster than the season. Yeah, yeah. So, Chef, I mean, this is a game we can kind of move quickly over, right? Like, this is a, I think this is a little bit of a flash of the pan game. Like, we're not, we're not getting too overly excited and dropping good players for Doomy or even Colio Show. Like, this is a little bit of a anomaly considering Sheffield was just bad. I'm just saying, I went for Brownhill. 
<laughs> you want to hear Brown Hill? Yeah, I'm fucking desperate, bro. He's had like 90 points for the year, so he's up there. All right, next game, 4-0, Everton won. Dwight McNeil scored. That was it. That was the only goal. Yep. There were some, there were some chances, but... I thought Everton looked a lot better than Forrest in this game. I think they just were they were uh, lined up a lot better. Like they just positionally seemed like they were more in control. Forrest just couldn't seem to get a rhythm going at all. No, but it was there was they had both they both had moments in the first half and the second half. Just Everton took their chances. I think Alango could have played better. Um, I think when they brought when they had Wood on there, I think they couldn't get the ball to him and he couldn't hold it up. Good on Everton. No, no Calvert Calvert Lewin. So. Scrape out the win. McNeil was the best player on the pitch. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what we've been hoping for from McNeil all season. He's finally starting to show it. I know he had a pretty bad injury that he was coming off, so it feels like he's finally starting to, like, really hit his stride right now. Gibbs White, he wrote, influential but not enough. I think it's just, it was kind of rattling to go from 35 points last week to, like, six this week. Just a little bit of a bummer, especially against a team. You'd hope that he'd be able to just create more against an Everton team. He just didn't really wasn't able to wasn't able to do much. But you know what I like about Morgan Gibbard? He does. He wants the freaking ball. He wants it. He's asking and for he, it all the time. He's asking yeah. for it all the time, and he's he's looking to turn. He's looking to pull a ball through. He's a he's a very good player for the future. Anyone else to talk about in this game? Nah. Do you th- I think Woods like borderline not even rosterable. Yeah, I didn't. That's why I didn't pick him up. I thought about it, but I didn't do it. I honestly think. I'd rather have Callum Hudson Joy than Wood. Because I think if Callum Hudson Joy starts, I'd be much more interested in playing him than if Wood starts. I think there's way more point potential from Callum Hudson Joy. He might not start as much, but if he does start, he's I think he's gonna get you more points than Wood. Okay, next game. Newcastle one, Manchester United zero. Gordon scores with a, the trippier assist. And then Man U get just shown the door. I thought Man United just looked like they just weren't like Newcastle were in control the entire game. It felt like to me, like uh, like did, uh, there was that stat. I think t- I think I was telling you guys this that like by the 60th minute, every single Newcastle player had touched the ball in Manchester United's penalty box. Yeah, and only two Manchester United players had touched the ball in Newcastle United's penalty box. It's fucking nuts, man. This was the most dominant one-sided one-zero game I've I've seen. I, I, at no point did I think United was going to score. And if you looked at just the play, it seemed like. Newcastle should have scored a lot more goals. And I could say United got lucky because it could have been a Burnley situation where Newcastle put in four goals in, 4-0, and we'd be talking about Ten Hag getting fired. But it was complete dominance. Uh, Gordon did whatever he wanted. Trippier did whatever he wanted. Joel Linton, Bruno, everyone on uh, Newcastle team was essentially just roaming, walking around, like you said, inside the Maggie Boston, dribbling the ball, <laughs> making passes. Uh the one thing I've noticed, Pope getting injured, uh, dislocated shoulder, he might be out for months. And I don't know if you guys saw, but there's a chance they might go after the game. Yeah, I heard about that. That's not that real. Oh, yeah, well, he's a free, he's a free it agent. Makes no sense. Freaking picked him up, man. It would make was, sense for them too. He was the best goalkeeper in the league last year, so I don't know how you go from that to that. Man United, did it, in my opinion, didn't have spend money on Anana. They they could have kept De Gea, but they didn't. Um, but you no know, transfer fee. They'll be able to give him some nice wages. Mm-hmm. It's sense. a short-term contract. It'll be like six months. But like, I think Tico, you said last week that if Gordon plays in the position that he's used to, which is on the on the wide, he's gonna have joy, and he did. Um, and I said that May and I wouldn't wouldn't be a team that's above him. I know Newcastle were below him, but 
I'll put a little stone there. They haven't been a team in the top eight since January 2021. Yeah, United just do not look good. I mean, there's not much else to it. I, I, I for the longest time, I kind of thought that it was the players or something, but it's, it's Ten Hawk. It just has to be Ten Hawk. I think at what at what point do you realize that he's the guy? He's the problem. I also saw that the locker room is pretty divided. A lot of players have given up on him, and I think that's one of the reasons he's going out publicly supporting a lot of the players. Like he said something positive about Rashford that they're going to stick with him. They support him, and I think he's just trying to kind of save face and try to say he has the players' backs. So it'd be interesting to see, but it is the fish shots from head down and. Ten Hag is that head right now. You know, I think Newcastle. You're starting almost everyone in that team. You know, other than like, yeah, pretty much everyone. Even I think that defense is back to just being great. It's amazing to just have the injuries they've had and to still be so good is so impressive. I think United on the United side, like we've talked about, you kind of have to start Rashford. You kind of have to start Bruno Fernandez. Kind of think Maguire is pretty good. You know, to start, like I think he's kind of like borderline pretty startable. And I think everyone else on that team right now, I'm not interested in. Onana. Look shy. I would say shy if he plays on the left side. If he plays on the left side, but not when he's playing center back like, like yeah. he did this week. Yeah. The goal that they had that McGuire touched it, it was, uh, so it was ruled offside. That seemed like he might have gone in if he wasn't there. But it's one of those things where he can't get out of the way. You can't blame him for it. was just wrong time at the wrong place. It's just funnier because it is McGuire. It's positioning, yeah. so you can't blame him. Positioning. He has no awareness of his surroundings whatsoever. But on that play, it's a broken play. He's essentially trying to get back. He headed the ball. He's moving back in. You think Van Dyke does that? You think Romero does that? You think that oh. uh, <laughs> me does that? I love you how, I love how Enzo that? just tried to slip in that Van Dyke and Romero on the same level. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't hey, know man, about that one. Messi said he's the best center back in the world, and it's nothing to do with him being Argentinian. Yeah, I'm sure it has oh, nothing to do yeah. with that. We believe uh, that, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's it. <laughs> This is the same Messi did not vote for Bellingham as the best young player. That's the same guy. Oh, that's crazy. Who did he vote for? Who did Messi vote for? Uh, I think it was some Argentinian. Some Argentinian yeah. players in it. Yeah, and, uh, and the Barcelona player probably. Yeah. yeah. Okay, moving on. Next game. Bournemouth 2, Aston Villa 2. Bournemouth is getting better. I think we got to acknowledge it. I think I was starting to say that last week. And I think now we like we can start saying it a little louder. Their their last few results have been two wins and a draw. So they're firmly out of the relegation spots now. They're really they're like they've they've shot up this last few weeks. Very impressive. Against a very good Villa team that this Villa team they beat Tottenham last week. So that's a, you know, they're in fourth place. You know, they're in what place? You know, fourth place, fifth place? Well we're talking about this week, Keith. We're talking about this we're talking about this week. I'm just saying it's a good Villa team that beat Tottenham last week. Villa, yeah, Villa is in fourth place, <laughs> and they're in fourth place because they beat Tottenham last week. Yeah, exactly, because they beat Tottenham last week after being <laughs> down one zero. Okay, yeah, no, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah, yeah. I was there. I saw it with my again, own eyes in person. Again. Okay, yeah, got it. Tottenham. But don't worry, Romero's back next week. Things change. That will. That's the problem. Yeah. But yeah, so Bournemouth went up first, and then Bailey, or then Bailey scored to make it one one, and then Bournemouth scored. The second one in the second half, and Watkins scored at the death to win it. So, I mean, Villa, this was probably Villa's worst performance of the season, I would say. And I just want to, I'd like to point out that it it, it coincided with Diaby not playing. So I'm hoping, that, I'm hoping they take note of that and they play him more because I need him well, to be Well, you say that. 
And I was I was wondering why he was benched, but Leon Bailey has the most goals or goal contributions coming off the bench. Um, I think that might have been one of the reasons, maybe also resting. But yeah. Bailey, Bailey showed, he came on, baller. Bailey's a baller. Yeah, I think he's good off the bench. I think I, I think he might be a, one of those guys that's stronger from the bench than uh, starting. Well, I'm hoping so because I picked him up, hoping that even if he comes off the bench, he's going to score a goal, get an assist. So <laughs> that helped that helped me win my my. Uh, by the way, I'm back to winning ways, lads. Uh, Congratulations! I don't you. know what that's like. I've lost two on the bounce. Well, I lost three on the bounce. Wait, talk to me when you get to three. Tigo, Tigo smacked me around this week. Did not feel good. Oh, does it? Does it not feel good, Keith? Does it not feel good? <laughs> yeah, good. smacked me around last week. Yeah, last week. <laughs> six in a row, baby. I won six in a row. Pretty impressive. Pretty like, impressive. Think, don't yeah. say it. Don't say yeah, it. I won't say it. I won't say it. Don't say it. Um, I thought it was so interesting that Zaniolo and Tielemans both started this game too. That was it. That was an interesting combo to me. Yeah, and Zaniolo has played sixteen games and not had a goal contribution yet. It's um. Is it's starting to get a little bit worrying. Um, you know, you feel like a player of of his caliber that was such high expectations we be able to produce, but maybe the premiership isn't for him. I think it was telling that Jacob Ramsey came on at halftime. Let's put that yeah. You know, to what what they were struggling with. I thought this team. I thought this is a really weird lined up team for Villa. I think Emery just kind of got it wrong here. Um, on the Bournemouth side, there's there's some guys that are suddenly becoming interesting. If they, if Bournemouth can kind of keep winning games like this, then Semenyo's interesting. Clivert wasn't bad again. Solanke has been in the goals. Solanke is still their main goal scorer, but I think Semenyo is a good a good player. He's strong, and he, that strike that goal was nearly put into that bottom corner. He could be a good one. Is he? How, I don't know how much he's drafted. I think he would be a good player. He is officially on the waiver wire segment. Okay. So, so yeah, we'll discuss that. Yeah, yeah. But no, he's good. I mean, he's like, we can talk about him just super briefly. His uh, last three games, seven and a half, 15 and a half, 12 and a half. So, not, not bad. No, not bad at all. And he's only, he's pretty lightly rostered. I think it's 33%. So, nice. Cole, pick him up. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sucking Kyle. But Kyle got mighty quiet. He was top of the league for a while. He's mighty quiet now that he's uh, you know, dropped off. Well, you said it best, Keith. Everyone that's like popping off their mouth while they're on top just seems to get flattered. Happened to you. Happened to me. <laughs> happened to Kyle. Yeah, you got to change your picture, Keith. You're not looking down on everybody. I know. No I need. I need to change my picture. Right? <laughs> well, I've been, I've been too depressed to change my uh, my picture. But you're still looking down on Enzo. That's true. So. So, like I, I told you guys, the key of uh, the key to this is you have to talk shit on your way up. So when you're up there, you could just continue talking shit. That's what you're doing. That's that's your. That's what I'm yeah. doing. Honestly, Keith, I don't even need to talk for the way you've been praising my team I, lately. I mean, I'll I'll say it now. After that, I think you have the best team in the league right now. For fuck's sake, on form. Say one more time. Say one more time. Best in the league, undisputed. Uh. So yeah, it doesn't feel good to say that, but I think it's true. I'm just try- I'm trying to be a realist here, Enzo. I think it's I think his I team 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 is the best. You guys can't see it, but <laughs> he goes, I got he a full chub, full chub. You go just uh, just I mean this is such a sidebar, but <laughs> read it. Tell 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 us your uh, give us give us your starting lineup right now. 
And, and try, oh. put your hands where we can see them. I don't want you touching yeah, yourself. Try, try not to roast the bait. Yeah. So, uh, my goalkeeper, David Raya. Uh, I have, I felt like my weakness was defense, but now I have too much defense. I got too much D. <laughs> Reese <laughs> James, Fabian Cher, uh, Luke Shaw, Zinchenko, uh, in the midfield, Bruno Fernandez, Anthony Gordon. Soboslai, uh, Douglas Luiz, and my forwards are Jesus, Nicholas Jackson, and I have Jeremy Doku uh, and Taiwa Awani on my bench. And then I also have Lucas Digne, Ben Chilwell, waiting for him to get healthy, and Bruno Gimeras. Gimeras. Yeah, that team is that's a very good team. It's a very, very good team. Yeah, so let's move on. I don't want to talk about it anymore. Next game, Chelsea 3, Brighton 2. Talked about the Enzo goal that kicked off the game. Then Coel got a goal. Both of them for, were from corner kicks. And then Bonanet Note scored a goal to make it 2-1. And then shortly after that, that Gallagher just with that second red in the 45th minute, the dying minutes. But credit to credit to Poch, credit to Chelsea. They hung in there. They kept uh, they kept a pretty attacking formation, even with the man down. And they were able to get a counter and have uh, Madrid run on on goal and get fouled for a penalty. And they scored. And then uh, Brighton made it nervy at the end with a uh, Jao Pedro subbed on and scored a goal. And then a couple crazy moments at the end. At one point, the ref called a penalty for was it a handball, and it, it was like clearly it hit Cowell in the face and it had to go to mm-hmm. VAR. It was just it was crazy there for a little while. Yeah, it was like called the penalty. Oh, it was weird. There was a there yeah. was a couple of those this this week. We'll a little bit of confusion. Week. Yeah, a little, yeah, bit, a little of bit of confusion. Drop ball. I don't know why he, they put a drop ball right there. I I, I got the whole load on, but. What are you going to say, Tico? Uh, I was just going to ask about Cole Palmer. Uh, was he just benched because of the schedule this coming week? Just kind of give him a rest day? Uh, because the opponent was pretty good. This was a pretty important game for Chelsea. Yeah, uh, I was surprised to see him drop. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that was a factor. I think maybe they thought that because the way that Brighton plays with the high press and everything, that Madrid would be able to get in behind. So, you know, that's that was another possibility because he is so fast. And so against teams that play that high line or that, Really like the press, he could potentially create cause some problems, and he hadn't been playing that much. That might have been a factor. I'm not quite sure, but Cole Palmer came on in the 66th minute and looked very good. And continue, you know, he just like did a lot to relieve pressure and really help the team out. So we'll see. I mean, Gallagher's not going to be there next week. I think Cole, Cole Palmer's probably going to slot into the Gallagher's role. Did you guys think that there was any sort of debate about that penalty? In my opinion, no. I thought it was a penalty. Yeah, he put his foot across and he was trying to plant it, but you still stopped him from striking the ball in the box. I 100% um, agree. I think it's just wild that anyone could even argue that wasn't a penalty. Yeah. Well, I think all the commentators were saying it wasn't a penalty. Now, that's I think that's what caused a little bit more outrage when you got the, the commentators saying, no, no way is there a penalty, blah, blah, blah. He's just trying to get position. But if you're getting position and you're doing it illegally, it's still a penalty. Yeah, you can't like you can't just run into someone's leg and be like, "Oh, it's a coming together legs." Yeah, it's a coming together legs because you're trying to catch him and he's running really fast. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was odd. Um, but yeah, Ch- I mean, it's hard to really judge Chelsea on games like this though. There's just there's just a weird this game, the Tottenham game. They're just weird games. So the, our last two wins haven't really felt like really satisfying, you know, because they've just been like such a weird like mix of stuff that happened that led to them. But Chelsea, like they've showed their grit. I mean, they didn't show that last week against Newcastle. But I also feel better. I don't know. Newcastle is pretty good. Like they they've proven themselves to be pretty darn good. Well, you're in a. I don't blame you because you're in a topsy turvy season this year. Yeah. Well, your emotions are. Nice. Your emotions are everywhere. It's true. Uh, Evan Ferguson very quiet. He's been very quiet for a while now. 
You concerned about that at all? Yes. There's nothing worse than a cold patch for a striker. Nothing worse. Especially a young striker, too. Mm-hmm. You know. Nothing worse. But we'll see. Jao Pedro scored, and, you know, it was a, it was a pretty good goal, and... Um, yeah, we'll see, man. That's another game where he scored, Jao Pedro scored off the bench. I wonder if he's going to start getting starts soon. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he kind of earned it a little bit. Yeah, I think so, too. It was interesting that Matoma and Milner both came on later in the game, and I thought they were very influential. I think I think Gross came on in the 57th minute and had like 11 points just from, you know, from those 33 minutes of play. I think Matoma probably did somewhat similarly, so... Well, same thing with James Milner. He came on, he played 32 minutes, and he had uh, 13 points at the assist. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Nico Jackson with uh, an assist, so didn't get a goal, but still still scored a few points. That was good to see. But not much else here. No, not much else. And yeah, Brighton continues to just get scored on, huh? I, I don't know if they've had a clean sheet all season. You know, the defensive woes continue. Honestly, I thought it could have been worse. I think 3-2 uh, is a flaring scoreline for Brian. I mean, I think the, the red card didn't really help. No. Next one, another crazy one. Liverpool four, Fulham three. Pretty wild game. I think Trent should have had two, but he really only had one, and then the own goal. Mm-hmm. And then Wilson tied it up, and then McAllister scored a banger, absolutely crushed the ball from outside of the box. Then Tete scored in, at half just to tie it up going into the halftime. I thought the endo goal was sensational as well. I thought that was a very good mm-hmm. goal from outside the box. Eighty, you know. That was after Reed had scored and then Endo tied it, then Endo tied it up, and then Alexander Arnold with a game-winning goal in the 80th minute. Just a wild game. I mean, this Liverpool team just it just keeps letting in goals. They yeah. score a lot, but they let in a lot. I think it has to do with that midfield. I think it's just like they create a lot of chances, but they give up a lot of chances. You know, yeah, it's one of those things. But all four of their goals, man. Can we talk about all four of their goals? I know the Leno goal was an own goal, but whoa, bloody hell! Some great strikes. They scored some freaking crazy goals. Even that header that Salah get, um, what is it? He gave it to, it wasn't a goal, but he took Nunes. To Nunes. Uh, Nun- what do we think about Nunez's haircut? You like those braids? I, li- I love it. Hey, it's very like, uh, like very um, Goldilocks. That's very, very Goldilocks. To me, it's like very like indigenous people. It's like sick. It's like, uh, like Native American, I'm like, hell yeah. I think it's cool. Okay. You know? All right. Like, yeah, I thought it was terrible. Anyway. <laughs> the the header that, uh, I know we've been talking shit about freaking uh, Salah not being on the header, but that header was beautiful to Sam up. Don't know how he didn't score it, but yeah. I'll tell you because he's one of those players, when he gets in the box, he has a shot. He just, instead of going for a placement, he always goes for power. But what a strike that was off the uh, top bar. Uh, oh, yeah. But all the goals, man. Golazo after Golazo. The, that free kick was amazing. Trent's last goal was amazing. And uh, the McAllister shot. Jesus sweet. Christ. Like, sweet. I mean, that was mind-boggling. That was a Like, I don't... Like, He's... the physics of that looked like it was, like, CGI. You know what I mean? Like, when you watch something, you're like, that's clearly fake. Like, the way that yeah. ball moved, I, like, it literally did not look real. Every angle. Amazing. Every angle was amazing. Great goal. Great goal. But, um... Yeah, Fulham got three. I think, uh, you know, the Tete goal, he just fell to him, so got a little bit lucky there. I think uh, Reed's goal wasn't too bad. Um, the Wilson goal was well worked with Robinson and Iwobi on the left-hand side and cutting it across, and Wilson just getting right in front of his man. But 
I don't know if Fulham was unlucky, but Liverpool just shows why they're the ones who will be chasing the title, I feel. So Fulham's last three games, they've scored seven goals. That's pretty interesting. So I feel like they're they're in the goals right now. They're definitely in the goals. Uh, what do you guys think about the value Tete has? He had 14 points this game. The last one was 12.75. And it seems like any game that they don't get, they don't let in a lot of goals, he produces. You could say the same thing about Robinson, though, too. I think he's had an assist the last two games, each of the last two games. So he's been, he's yeah. been in the points as well. Yeah, same thing with him. Yeah, so. definitely, definitely wants to look at. I'm still, I'm still a little hesitant. You know, just from the standpoint of, I don't, I feel like they've been letting in a lot of goals as well. Yeah, I think so. it's just literally where you stand with your fantasy team and where how it looks and how healthy it is. Obviously, obviously, Tico is not looking at any of these players. No, not with he, the, not not like him. No, I'll team. be. I might be looking at some of these players, but not Tico. I will say that defense is such a wasteland right, right now that if you can like hop on one of these guys, you should do it now before someone else does because people. People are really desperate for defenders that are scoring points. Defenders or forwards, because honestly, I saw Lango like two weeks ago, and I was I was gonna try to pick him up. It didn't have to even go on a waiver; he was ready to get picked up. And I was like, ah, I don't, I'm just gonna weigh it out, see what happens with uh, one of my other strikers, and then got picked up. Isn't you know what I mean? You can't wait. Striker while it's hot. Another note: the backup goalie for Liverpool did not really impress anyone. No, he was shaking. Look, another reason why three goals went in. Perfectly honest. No, you think Allison would have let in three goals against Fulham? Uh, I think so. Not. I don't think so. Uh, interesting that Simakas had the third highest. Simkas had the third highest amount of points at sixteen, even as a defender. For getting so he had minus six from goal scored, and he still made a sixteen points, which is pretty impressive. But yeah, the Liverpool team overall pretty pretty fun, pretty exciting. Yeah, real deal. You think? I think they got a short of that defense. I don't think you're gonna. I don't think you're gonna win a title by outscoring teams. I think you're gonna have find your moments where you can't score. You know, you got to be able to have it. Got to be able to keep clean sheets. Yeah, I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous to be able to sustain, but maybe. I think they'll be fine. Yeah, yeah, I think they'll be fine. Tico, what do you think? It's not that like they're scoring two, two goals a game. They're putting in a lot of goals. So I think their offense is better than any other team in the league right now. And obviously, with their defense being shaky midfield, they don't really have a great defensive midfielder. But. They've been putting in goals, man. I, it's been working for them so far. The only, th the, I think, the only thing that's gonna hurt them is if Mo Salah goes down. Whoa! You just jinxed it. No, motherfucker! I have it. him. I have him. Moving on to the uh, snooze fest of the of the week. West Ham won. Palace won. Oh my god! This was the two oldest managers in the league, David Moyes and Roy Hodgson, playing against each other, and it felt like that, didn't it? This felt like two <laughs> old <laughs> ass people were dictating that game. It's so bad, man. It was the most boring one-one uh, game I've seen. Um, it was rough. And you know, that's just me as being a, a bystander, not having anything in this game. It was just a really boring game to watch, especially with the attacking threat that I feel both these teams have. It was like they were both playing freaking coy and playing dead, and yeah. they just didn't want to attack. It was boring. I think Palace with the Eze is pretty, pretty lame. Like it's a, kind of like a dog without a leg, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have so I happened to see a dog without a leg this week, so I've been thinking a lot about him. <laughs> yeah, he's been on my mind a lot. 
was. She was, I, was at a, I was at a friend's <laughs> house on Saturday, and they had, they had a three-legged dog. The other thing about that dog that was weird, it had the biggest balls I've ever seen on an animal. <laughs> was, they, like, they were... It was just so weird. It was such a weird, like, it almost looked like he had a fourth leg or he had a leg. It was so. I don't think he's picking up too many bitches with three legs. You know what I mean? Just like, but so I, so I made a comment to the guy, and the guy's like, oh, he's actually like a stud. He, so he, he, he was like being bred. He was like, he was, he was like, uh, you know, he was a stud. He was, he's had like oh several God. different litters worth of puppies. This, this, God uh, damn. This did, they all have, did they all have four legs? Yes, they were all fine. <laughs> all had four legs. Well, which leg was missing? Back left. <laughs> oh wow! So if the it's the back one, so it's you know more space to look at the balls. <laughs> I think that's I think it's probably why I was noticing so much. There was like it was like a window. It was like a window to the balls. It was a direct window to the balls. It was weird. So the sweat dropped down my. Oh, All right, sorry, sidetrack. Okay. So yeah, uh, uh, kudos, kudos with a goal here. Uh, Kufal with another assist. Kufal has been sneakily a very good player for West Ham, and I think he has like five assists now. He went on that run we had like four four weeks in a row and now he's on I think he had another one here, which is pretty darn good. Mm-hmm. Five, assists. Five assists. That's just yeah. off the that was off the rip. That's I just knew that. Uh Kudus, Kudus two assists last week, a goal this week. He's quickly becoming the most one of the most important players for this team. Bowen pretty pretty disappointing this week, huh? James Ward Prowse pretty disappointing. I think everyone was gonna be most disappointing though with a game like that. There was just not that much going on. We just, should we just move on? I think I think for I think the only other thing I want to say is on the palace side without Eze, I think everyone is downgraded. You know? Yeah. He, he brings them to life. Yeah, totally. All right, last game of the week. Save the best for last. Man City three, Spurs three. Enzo, take it away. Man, well, you know, I went through emotions while at work. So I get the first notification, Sun scores. I'm like, oh, we've done it again. He scored early. Now I'm shitting myself. Then literally three minutes later, I look up and it says Sun. And I'm like, oh, it's 2-0. No, it's fucking not. Sun scored on own goal. And then Foden scores an assist by Alvarez. Uh, really well-worked goal. Um, and then La Celso scores after that. That's 2-2. Two and two. Uh, A nice assist from Sun just passed out. He just makes a nice little run, brings out the defender. He slots it into the bottom left. And then Grealish scores, um, thinking he's got the the winner. Winner, yeah. I wanted I wanted to comment on that Grealish goal. It was so funny because he didn't go and celebrate with the fans. He went directly to the camera and slid cool. and celebrated with the camera. And it was such like a classic Jack Grealish thing, he's wasn't it? Such, he's such a cunt, but he's such so a funny. I like I, I love how much of like a like twatty is. I, I kind of love it. <laughs> it's funny because Harlan gave him a great assist, and Harlan ran one way and. To the fans, okay, ran to the fucking camera. He, he ran to the camera and slid around. I mean, it was it made for great television. It made for great yeah. television. Yeah. The way he slid and then, into it, yeah. And then Kulu scores a great header. Like he just wanted it more than than Aki. Yeah. I was like, that, was, that was might have been like a shoulder. Regardless, he yeah, wanted yeah, more. Yeah. It was a yeah. great little run. Johnson again. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think we both we've said that we like Brendan Johnson at the beginning of the season and yeah. see if he can get more game time and. He looked good on that side. Um, but honestly, Man City dominated for most. Holland missed some fucking sitters. Ooh, that one of the first half was especially. Oh my god, egregious. far right. Like no good there was no one in the goal. We just had to yeah. tap it. Yeah. Um, but you know, see he hit the woodwork three times. That'll tell you everything. Um the other thing that I was upset about is that I traded Grealish this week. So um then he fucking scored. 
It's fucking terrible, isn't it? it? Sounds like the classic par for par for your whole season so far. But but with that trade, I won my games because I actually had players to put on the fucking pitch. So you know, important one point for Tottenham. I thought we were going to drop. Remember, I, I said. A, after the Chelsea game, we could lose four in a row, and we haven't. We've lost 33. Well, yeah, I'm glad you were proven wrong there. Uh, it was crazy, though. I think Spurs, uh, the X XG, the expected goals, was like point zero point four nine, and then City's was like 3.2 or something like that, which is crazy. I mean, that's not how soccer works. You know, no. there's more to it than goes to that. But just it's a metric to look at, and it was just kind of crazy that, that that's how that rolled out. I think it's a very American thing now that they're trying to bring more stats into into football. That like this XG thing, I think is something fairly new. I just don't feel like that tells you the full story of a game. It, oh, it I mean? absolutely does not tell you the full story. It's it's like it's something you can use as an indicator for certain like certain things, but I don't think you can sit there and be like, bleh, bleh, bleh. like I think Chelsea has one of the best like XG uh, like ratings of any team in the league right now. You know, but. Like actually, like for as far as like goals and against goals for and goals against, but they're in fucking yeah. like tenth place. So you you can't sit there and be like, that's the end all be all. But I think you can like look at it as like an underlying like some things are happening. You're doing some things right. Or you're doing some things wrong. I like on my Twitter timeline that everyone was talking about the what they call it at the end of the game where the referee stopped the game when Grealish was going to go one on one, and everyone was just sending like memes or like gifs clips of like why are we acting like Grealish was going to convert that one on one. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny but also the funniest thing was uh erling holland just to see him get so emotional that face he was making at the ref that that fit i've seen that face a hundred times on twitter today yeah it made it into painting yeah it's uh they're saying he might actually be suspended for a game because he went on twitter and he criticized the uh, referees and that's going to be costly i don't know who city plays next off the top of my head but villa that could be costly villa that's going to be a tough game and doku got uh was taken off injured uh, so it'd be interesting to see if he misses time, but he also had a great shot. I don't know if you guys saw that it hit the uh, post. That was yeah, a, that was a nice banger too. Uh, Rodri got a, his fifth yellow, so he'll be suspended for the Villa game. And then same with Grealish. Grealish got his fifth yellow, so he will also be suspended for Villa. Grealish got a fifth yellow. Yeah. I know the guy barely plays. This is actually what I was thinking. He doesn't even I, fucking play. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. This is yeah. So. It's gonna be it's gonna be weird. That Villa game could be interesting because City's gonna be without a lot of guys, and I don't think Stones is healthy. Stones has been on the bench for the last four games and hasn't played, which is very weird to me. Like I, yeah. I still think he's super important for them, but I don't know. Like maybe not. Maybe like Pep's trying to make this work with these guys. Vardy all to me has not been looking good as a defender. I think he's been a little out of place. I think playing in the back three like that without like a left back next to him is like not working for him. Well, they've been playing him center back, left back. He hasn't really been, you know, I've, and I've said this before. They don't really have a solid black back four. It's going to be tough, especially for a new player coming into the premiership with a new team. So I have a couple of names here from for waivers. Giovanni Lo Celso, just talking about Tottenham guys, owned in 33% of leagues. He scored goals in consecutive game. I think he's worth looking at. I think he's definitely curious. I think he's um, I think he's definitely playing a little further back than we're used to for Lo Celso. In the Premier League before, I think he's always played in more of like a 10 role and he's playing more in like an 8 for Tottenham mm -hmm. right now. But it's but it's like, I think for a Tottenham team that gets so advanced, it's just as good. I think he's getting in really good positions. So I think he's definitely interesting and worth uh, worth playing, worth looking at. I agree. I've said in the past that I didn't think he's strong enough. I think he he seems more confident in this style of play because every team he's played for at Tottenham, there's been a defensive team. 
he's a very attack-minded player. I think this works out better for him. I think he could do some good things with uh, Big Ange. I think any attacking player with Tottenham system now, if they're getting minutes, uh, worth a pickup. Yeah, so we're in agreement there. Moving on to the next name, uh, Timo Livermento from Newcastle. He's owned 45% of leagues. He seemed to have kind of locked in that that left-back spot, or the right-back spot. And um, and the Newcastle D has just been really solid. They've been really good, even with uh, Botman out. So I think he's I think he gets up and down the field, too. He hasn't really shown it a lot in the Prem, but he had I think in one of the Cup games, he had like an amazing run. I think it was against United. We absolutely like, eviscerated a bunch of United players. So... He definitely has that in his locker as well, and that'll you'll see that. I you can I think you'll see him starting to contribute on the attacking side as he gets more comfortable to the pace of the Prem, accumulated to that or like to the pace of Newcastle and everything this season. So I think he's worth it. Yeah, they got a good young player there. I mean, what they got him for thirty million, twenty one. Um, he looks good up and down that wing. I think uh, with him and Trippier, I think that's what Newcastle really want someone that can really go up and down and create something. I think just give him a little bit more time to get a little bit even more comfortable, like you said, to the premiership. I think he, he could be a good one. 45% owned? Man, if you need a defender, go pick him up. Uh, next week is against Everton too, which I think is a pretty good matchup. Oh, yeah. So that's that's definitely one to look at. The next one on the list is kind of controversial. It's a Burnley player, and it's not one of the ones that scored. It's Johan Gudmundsen. He's owned in 24% of leaves. He's only He's kind of been a little bit of a bit pit bit part player but when he's played in full games he's consistently done really well and he scores he scores a lot of points he's his some of his metrics are crazy like the amount of key passes that he has his like his average like his average score is much higher than a lot of a lot of other Burnley players so I think he's like sneakily a pretty strong player that um we should be we should be thinking about I haven't really seen too much of him so I can't really say much again you say he's from a Burnley team I'm not I haven't really been watching Burnley too much. Like, and the players that have stood out, we've already mentioned. I haven't really seen too much about Good Monson. Here's his last four games. 10 points, 15.5, 6.5, 14.5. And they've only won one of those games. And that's the one he had, the, the 5-0, 10 points. So I think this will be just kind of matchup-based. But yeah, he's getting a lot of key passes. That's where he's getting his uh, points at 5, 4, 2, 5. So he's averaging about four four key passes a game, which is pretty impressive for that team. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm thinking. And I, even some of those games that they lost, like they were, I think he's not that he's matchup proof, but I think compared to some of the other Brindley players, he's not as matchup dependent as some of the other guys. Mm. So just someone that's just a name. Another name I have on here is Alex Moreno, Austin Villa. He's owning fifty percent of leagues. He's finally kind of healthy. He's kind of kind of I think he started in the Europa League and he scored a goal. And uh, it's going to be hard to get to, you know, to relieve Dinge of his, of his position. But I think Mourinho on his day is a better player. So I think I can see that. I think especially with the amount of fixtures coming up, he could very much be, he could very much be like wo- woven into the team and get some starts, get some playing time. Any thoughts there? I've, I've said it before. I don't think he gets ahead of... Um... Look at Dinge. Look at Dinge. I don't think he gets ahead of it. I think he was, he's, he's a good player. He, you know, he's, Dinge's playing too well. Playing too well. Yeah, I don't see him getting a lot of playing time. Uh, just because of that, I wouldn't really uh, touch him and fantasy wise. All right, I guess we'll see who's right there. Uh, moving on, <laughs> Hudson Adoy <laughs> owned in sixteen percent of leagues. I I had him on here because he came on and I thought looked pretty good. And he's he's had some he's coming off that injury and he's had some really impactful sub performances. And I don't think Chris Wood's the answer up there. So I have a feeling, especially with um, 
Forest losing a few games. I have a feeling that they might try some new things and maybe have a longer go up top and have Hudson Adore on one side and Gibbs White on the other, or Hudson Adore on the left with Gibbs White underneath. Like they might just try try a few different things here. I think they're going to have to start experimenting a little bit because they're not they're it's not really happening for Forest right now. And so I think he is a player that has a lot of uh, impact potential if he starts. I agree. I, um, I've said it before. I think Wood's a very player and he can get you a goal or two, but I don't think he's a star. I think in this Forest team, the way they want to attack with that speed up front, I think hudson Odoi would be a lot better fit up there with Alanga. Maybe, actually, honestly, if they put him up there with Origi, I think Origi's still, still got it. And I think he'll give a little bit of what Wood gives plus a little bit more of that flair that they want up there. Yeah, I think it's like a luxury. If you have a little bit of a luxury spot and you want to pick up a guy that can be high impact, I think Hudson Roy might be that guy. Yeah. Moving on uh, to Lacassels, Newcastle United. I'm shocked that he's only owning 49% of leagues. I think he's I think he's owned. He was snatched up a long time ago in all of our leagues. Yeah. I think he's, he's the nailed starter for a good Newcastle defense. And as, as long as Botman is out, he's worth playing. Like not just rostering, he's worth like playing in most teams. Yeah, I picked him up. Um, I think he he's a good player. He was a good player before they bought all these players, and now, like you said, with Botman being out, he's he's pretty much glued in to be a star. I feel week in week out. So, I think he's a good player to pick up. Uh, yeah, I picked him up in our other league, but to me, he's a must start. Uh, that defense is solid. He's most of the time they're going to get the uh, clean sheet points. Definitely. Pick him up, start him if you have him until um, he doesn't start. And the last one is the name we talked about, the, the Bournemouth player, Semenyo. They're owning 33% of leagues. Just on hot form. I mean, he's scored a few goals in the last few weeks, uh, double digits last three weeks in a row. I think Bor- I think he's like, or not not quite double digits, seven and a half, 15 and a half, 12 and a half. I think like the Bournemouth has been doing a lot better. I think they've kind of turned over a new leaf. And... If that's the case, and they're on this, they're on a similar level to like Palace, Everton, Forest, like those teams. Then suddenly we gotta start taking some of their players seriously, and I think he's one of the ones that we might need to start taking seriously. I think Semenyo's a baller. I said it before. Um, I like the way he plays. I think he's strong. He's he's forward looking. Uh, he's looking to get into the attack. I'm not sure. I don't think he crosses it too much, but he does get into the box, and he's looking to score. Or look up to make a mess of one of those defenders, you know what I mean? So I think he can get you some good points. Yeah, they're playing Crystal Palace next week, someone you can start right away. Definitely worth it. Okay, moving on. Last little bit. So next this upcoming week, there's the game week fifteen actually takes place what? Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And then game week sixteen takes place Saturday, Sunday, Monday. I think it's just, just Saturday, just Saturday. Saturday, Sunday. Wow, imagine playing Thursday, Saturday. Yeah, I mean Thursday, Sunday, that sucks. Yeah. That's rough. For teams that played in Europe last week, imagine you played Europe last week, played over the weekend, you have a game this week, and then you play over the weekend again. That's all. I mean, there's just it's just that time of the year where it's just crazy. You gotta be worried that players are gonna get rested, so you might have some stars that might play one game, but they won't play the other. So you gotta keep a lookout for that too. Yeah, it's a big reason why I want to do waiver wire this week because I think it was important to call out some names because I think you need to be. You, I think. You can't have a bunch of injured guys on your bench this week because there will be rotation. I think it really was important for this previous week for teams. For example, Liverpool, they're playing a full-time side. You would, if they went up like 3-0 and they were dominating the game, they could have rested their stars. But they couldn't afford that luxury, so now they're going to have this intense schedule. And for fantasy-wise, especially if you're playing like replay the format, which is season-long, 
this is where depth comes into play because I'm sure we're going to get a lot of players get rested, especially on a side like Arsenal, side like, um, I don't well, know. Well, we'll see. Metro City. Yeah, I, I agree with you, but you said Liverpool. Liverpool's got Sheffield United next. I'll see him resting players against them. I wouldn't be shocked yeah. to see Gakpo get a start next, uh, like in this game. Arsenal's playing Lewin this week. They're going to rest players. I wouldn't be shocked to see Kai Havertz get a start in that game. We talked about this before. Arsenal, didn't they have a tie against crappy teams earlier in, in the year? Uh, who was it? Was it Bournemouth they tied or someone else? I know it was a kind of, a, we called it a get right game. Yeah. And I don't think, uh, everything I think, yeah. I thought you were talking smack because they drew against Tottenham. You... No, that's when they were good, just like your fantasy team now, both of you guys are shit. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I think if you're Arsenal, your your mindset is your essentially goal is championship. You have to win the Premiership. You go with the mindset. It's Luton Town. Start your best players. Put in two, three goals. Get up ahead and just rest the players. Yeah, yes and no. I think you still you still rest some key players and you leave some key players in there. You don't play everybody. Not against Luton. They should be able to play. They should be able to beat them. Don't get me wrong. They are playing away. So they're playing in that little stadium, but I don't think Arsenal needs to play their first team to beat Luton. I bet you like Jorginho starts. I bet you like. I you bet know? you it's. Like, I bet you it's like eighty-five percent. They're they're top. I bet you Saka still plays. But you Martinelli still plays. I bet you Ben White starts. I think Ben White uh -huh. might start for a bet while. You, but bet you Ramsdale starts. I bet you Ramsdale does not start. <laughs> I, I bet you that does not happen. They, I think they should. Uh, Rest Odegaard and play Jesus and Zinchenko for sure. <laughs> those. Uh, I feel like you have some ulterior motives for those call-outs. Um, as far as game week 15, the other so the interesting games are Aston Villa, Manchester City, yep. Manchester United, Chelsea. Yep. I think the Manchester United-Chelsea game, I'm not worried about starting defenders. The Aston Villa-Manchester City game, I am worried about starting defenders. How do you guys, think, how do you guys feel about that? I'd be worried for every word. With the way Manchester City for both sides, both sides, both we'll sides. see, because Aston Villa plays a high line just like Tottenham does. It's Manchester uh, City has been playing these chaotic, high-scoring games. I don't know. I, I'd be interested to see how Aston Villa approaches this game. Um, do they continue with the high line, or do yes. they, does Emery go a little bit more cautious? Because remember, they got Manchester City, but then next week they go Arsenal in the same week. I think they're just going to send it. I think they're just going to go for it. I think that's the vibe I've been getting from them. But we'll see. I think other than that, um, the, all the other games are... Tottenham West Ham's kind of interesting. To me, the most interesting game for game uh, match day 15 is uh, Chelsea United. Yeah, I think so. I think that'll be really fun. I'm I'm fascinated by this United team. I'm, I, I, I don't know why, uh, but I'm fascinated by this team. I think there's going to be some changes, and I think shit, shit's going to hit the fans. You think so, there's so going to be like some sort of like, shake-up? I think so, yeah. It'd be amazing to see to like, drop uh, Rashford for Anthony. Oh, my God. Or he drops him for a youth player because he's starting to trust more youth players because that's what he's best at with youth with the youth teams. Yeah, but I think his job is so on the line now. I can't imagine that he's like trying to like take those risks. But who knows? I don't know, man. He's throwing everything at it except for the kitchen sink, man. Perfectly honest. No, he's tried everything. Yeah. So okay. So over the weekend, so game week sixteen. Well, are there any games here that really call? Out? Are, are there any? Are there like uh, I think Villa has another tough one. You said Villa has Arsenal. Yeah. Yep. Villa has Arsenal. Newcastle, Tottenham. Oh my God, yeah. that's gonna be a really good game too. You know, I can't wait to see. Okay, wait. To see. Manchester C versus Luton. Why? Oh my God, because this ish. I just want to see a goal fest. I see him putting six, seven past them. <laughs> really? Oh yeah. 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 
I'll see it. It's gonna be you know when you said that um th- that matchup, you know the song out in the street they call it yeah. murder. <laughs> That's what's gonna happen. Murder. <laughs> um, you know what I game I think is sneakily gonna be pretty interesting is uh you know we'll see what happens Wednesday against United Chelsea, but United Bournemouth because Bournemouth has been in such good form and it's been like mm. sneaky good. I think that could be a, that could be an upset waiting to happen. And I think if Chelsea loses to I mean, if United loses to Chelsea and then they get some upset by Bournemouth, and then I think what Tico's saying, you could really start seeing the Ten Hog really feeling like that's it. All right. I think that just about wraps it up for us for episode 20 of Draft Offsides. Follow us on Instagram and X. Like and subscribe. Do all the nice things. And we'll see you in two game weeks in one week. 